Hey guys, welcome to The Creative Entrepreneur. Today we have an amazing guest for you. We're going to be talking about building your business through events. You don't want to miss this episode, so stay tuned. Coming to you from San Antonio, Texas. Welcome to The Creative Entrepreneur, a podcast created to help entrepreneurs build their business. Branding, marketing, analytics, positioning, and lead generation. Plus, interviews with other business owners to learn from their successes and failures. Now, here is your host, Abel Garza. Hey guys, welcome back to The Creative Entrepreneur. Today we have an amazing guest for you. We're going to be talking about building your business through events. And it's a really strategic plan that can help you build your business and grow profits through networking, product launches, and maximizing profits. We have an expert on the line today. We have Sherry Sokolowski. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm glad to have you on the show today because we're going to delve into a topic that I'm not very familiar with, but I know a lot of people who do it. So why don't you start out by giving me a little bit of information as to who you are, what you do, and how you help your customers. Absolutely. So I'm Sherry Sokolowski, owner of SLS Event Planning and Consulting, and I'm a strategic event planner of over 15 years. And a lot of what I do is I work with clients who are looking to build their businesses and their brand in a way that allows them to be out in front of their community. And that is either through a live or virtual event. Uh, They either have a product or service or a new coaching program that they want to launch. And the best way to do that is get out in front of people um, so that you can build their trust right away and instantly. So I strategically have been working with clients for over eight years. Prior to that, I was the event planner for Glazer Kennedy Insider Circle for Bill Glazer and Dan Kennedy, formerly known as GKIC. Mm -hmm. During those times, I was by Bill's side and I learned all of the maneuvers of marketing your event, how to map out your event so that you can sell the best from stage and from the back of the room and learn from so many different marketing gurus from stage and behind the scenes at the masterminds where he was the mastermind leader for people like Russell Brunson and Perry Belcher and Russell and uh, Ryan Dice and those big name guru guys now in the Amazing. digital marketing world. Yeah. They were part of Bill's mastermind group. So I was a fly on the wall during all of that time hearing what they were doing to build their businesses to where they are now. So I took a lot of that knowledge and information, went out on my own in 2012. And a lot of the people that knew me and saw what I did in GKIC reached out and said, Sherry, can you do that for me, for my business and for my events? And that's what I've been doing for the last eight years. And I've been having a lot of fun with it, helping people be creative. It sounds like a lot of fun. You know, we're in the photography business and, you know, photography, videography, what are the steps that I need to start an event for photography? That's an awesome question because I just worked with a new client this year, earlier this year, who their ba- their main business is photography. So what they do is they have a, a following of professional photographers or people who do photography on the side, but they have another nine to five and they really want to get out there and make it their own. And what they do is they teach them marketing concepts how to market your photography business to the right clients and what kind of packaging and pricing that you should be charging the people who seek out your expertise. And then also being creative in different ways of doing your photography for your clients. So she had a two-day event where she had a couple of her successful clients come up on stage and talk about what they learned from her. And this is what they did. So that was a great way to endorse Mm -hmm. 
right? What she was doing. And then she also walked through all of the different marketing tactics that she does for her photography business and how the appropriate ways of doing your price packages and your points so that people aren't seeking you out and say, well, you're too much money. I only want to pay this. She teaches people to be very strong and courageous and say, look, then go find them, go hire them because I am more quality. I have a lot more to offer and then show them why and how with all of these different ways that they can bring great photography to their life. Awesome. I mean, that's definitely true. You want to make sure that your price point is right on, on point uh, with the quality of of photography that you're providing, no doubt. Uh, And it's very important to be able to price yourself accordingly. I always tell aspiring photographers to make sure that if you're not up to par, you know, get yourself up to par and, you know, price yourself price yourself according to other commensurate photographers, you know, and then as you progress, your pricing should progress as well. But as far as events are concerned, uh, what do you tackle first? I know that you, you're talking, we're talking about photography as an example. Uh, Do you seek out like a a niche within that photography? Uh, What is the first step in tackling this idea of creating an event? The first step in tackling this is coming up with your purpose. So you really need to work with someone, whether it's someone like myself or another mentor in your life that can help you really discover what your purpose is. So people need to look at an event, whether it's live or virtual, as just another stepping stone in the marketing of their business, right? Because it's another way that you can get out in front of them and offer a service or a product and build yourself with them, building your brand. So you need to really develop what the purpose of having an event is. Like, what do you want that outcome to be at the end of that event? Is it that you want to grow your tribe so that people know that you're the leading expert in your industry? Is it that you have a new service or a new product that you want to launch during this event? Okay, great. But how does that tie into who you are as a business owner, right? So as a photographer, what, how is doing this event with having other photographers in the industry come to seek you out where you could teach them how to better grow their photography business? You want more of it than, than that. You want to build a community. You want to build the trust factor of that, you know, you are the one that they need to come to to see. And then through this time, the one thing too that you want to, especially as a photographer, because this was super, super important to my client, more so than most of my clients, is the look and feel of what that experience is going to be like visually, right? Mm -hmm. So as a photographer, every single detail of how everything looks behind the camera is important to you because that's where your dollars are. So that meant for her, she had to have every single look of the event be as crisp and professional looking as possible. Not like some hodgepodge, oh, I'm just going to buy, you know, some big pins from the supply store and a regular pad. I want everything to have beautiful graphics and pops of color in front of the camera and things like that. So if that is part of your purpose to have a great experience so that you'd really do look like you know what you're doing in all areas make sure that you include that in the in the process, in the strategy behind creating this experience of an event for your clients. I see. I see. So I, I'm looking at this as a as an from an outside perspective, of course. So we're I'm I'm I know where I want to target. I know that I want to help other photographers build their business through my expertise. 
where do you start with regard to build up? Like I'm looking at uh, starting this event in, at a certain date. Do you utilize social media or do you promulgate this in a, in some other fashion? What is the best way to build up this event and make sure that people actually show up? Yes, um, because that is all related to getting butts and seats. So the best way to do that is to build your community as early on as possible. So if you're someone who doesn't really have a big following yet, but people kind of know who you are, then the best way to start that is to get, yes, get out there in social media and all platforms, but know where your market is going too. So you have to research a little bit about where your market gets their information from. So if your market is someone who goes to a certain platform more than other areas, right? If they're more of a Facebook or an Instagram because of being photography or YouTube, then go in those areas and show your expertise through multiple ways. So let's just say Instagram would be my guess as the best place for a photographer to go to, because that's probably where a lot of photography people go, because mm-hmm. uh, it's all about pictures and, and things like that. So you can find ways to do really quick I think it's 60 seconds. I probably do your research on this just to make sure there's 30 to 60 seconds where you can do video clips on social media through Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, um, Twitter, things like that. I I think LinkedIn, you can do some, do longer, but find out how long of a social media clip that you can do in those areas. And then just do a really quick second video on, look, I just did this for a client of mine. This is what we did. This is how great it looked. And this is how, you know, just something really quick and just do it as often as you can get out in front of them as often as you can. And the more you're out there known, the more that you're going to have people following you and liking you and hitting that like button. So then the next step from that is building a Facebook or a LinkedIn, some kind of group page where you can invite those people to and you're running it and you are in there as the leader in this group, letting them know some tips and everything in there, which if you get a handful of followers in there, then you can have weekly or bi-weekly webinars with them mm-hmm. where it's for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, sometimes up to an hour of talking about a particular topic and interacting with them. Now, would so you start recommend, off in a way that you, gets in front of the right people. Would you recommend they do this on their page or would you recommend they do this in a group? Start off in your own page and then build into a group because people know you by your page that you have now, right? Mm-hmm. So, cause that's kind of wh- where I am with, with my business is I have a huge following in my personal Facebook page, but I also have an SLS Facebook page, group page where that's where I drop a lot of nuggets in that page. And every once in a while, I will share those nuggets in my personal page and say, hey, if you want to know more, go like my page. So kind of interact with people in your page, letting them know what's going on, but try your best to lead them into the group page because that's what's going to build your business. And then at the point in time in your career or in your building up to the event or after the event, That's where you're going to want people, encourage people to consistently have feedback and and work with one another. Like right now in today's time, people are creating a lot of new private Facebook page groups for people that want to communicate within their own tribe virtually. 
mm-hmm. because they don't have an opportunity to do it in live person. So creating those groups within your business is super important, but you have to start somewhere. So but start you're, where they you're not you, talking about a personal iron. page, right? You're talking about a business page, right? Yes. Okay. So what are some of the challenges that you feel a lot of your customers face when they're starting this out? Getting too consumed with what everyone else is doing, Mm, right? They want to, they see what someone else is doing and they want to aspire to that, but they don't really know the behind the scenes of what it took for that person to get there or even how successful that person truly Mm. is. Right. So what they need to do is stay focused on their purpose. So it's just like a business plan. You know, you have to treat it just like a business plan because it's part of your business. So outline again, the purpose of why you're doing this. And then everything that really makes that purpose solidify more and is really part of who you are authentically Uh is going to matter. And not only that, but it's going to make you feel about it and you're going to be happier with it. If you get distracted and you see what someone else is doing, it's going to take you off of your goal. And then you're going to walk away from a bad day. You're like, it's not worth it. I'm going to to stop. What I've noticed from some creators is that they're pretty consistent about creating the content. And what I gathered from these guys and girls is that uh, as long as they're creating content and they're consistent with it, they're going to have an opportunity to be scene. And it, a lot of them that have created these followings of 80, a hundred thousand people, they've remained consistent in building that content and generating that, that no, uh, for other people. And it just so happens that like an influencer or uh, a page that has a, a lot of following just picked them up one day. And then all of a sudden they, they went from a thousand people to 40,000 people. And then, you know, now, exactly. now they have some power, they have some influence, they have this ability to, you know, go into affiliate type programs to where they can generate some revenue and they have all these opportunities to uh, recommend. And, and so their platform tends to grow a lot faster, I think. And it seems like when you have that small opportunity to be visible, then it just grows that much faster. It's almost like a snowball. Would you, do you think that that's what happens to a lot of your clients? Yes. Uh, consistency is the name of the game. And that's why I say, you know, most of, most of my clients that I work with, they have their purpose set out. They know what their end result is going to look like or what they want it to look like. So they put places in to get to that result. And a lot of it has to do with consistency and it's okay. And it honestly actually works better in most people's favors is if throughout the time of you consistently putting great content out there, you have something new and fun that you want to share to make it personal, absolutely do it. It doesn't matter how good you look on the camera when you're doing it. (laughs) If you find something that's super cool, stop what you're doing and do it because you know, that shows your human side and it shows how real you are. Um, You know, if, especially if you've got pets or kids that are just super crazy and fun and you guys are like, I just have to share this with you. I, you know, I had a super cool day and here's why you're going to get more engagement by being personal with people than you will. If you're just doing the same old, same old. So always feel free to throw something kind of outrageous in there while you're in communication with them. That's awesome. Now, I mean, we've been talking a lot about how you can build a business and what you offer customers, but let's just say I want to go into the event planning industry. Like I want to be an event planner. What Uh is the best way to approach that? 
Um, the best thing to do for that is to reach out in groups that you can of event planners and join them because they're going to have lots of feedback every day about what's going on. And also you have to decide what type of event planner do you want to be? Whenever someone asks me, Sherry, what do you do for a living? I'm like, Oh, I'm an event planner. I have to immediately say, no, 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 no. I don't do parties or weddings, <laughs> you know, cause I, you know, the type of planning I do are with businesses. I do mm-hmm. marketing events is the best way to describe the type of events that I do. So if that I'll speak on that. If that is something that someone aspires to be part of, the best thing you do, you can do right now is is to grab a hold of as many different groups that you can virtually to see what's going on. And then when the time comes, go to as many of those type of events that you would want to be the one running and be an attendee and reach out and say, look, I would love to volunteer and be a helper. So many different events are always looking for extra hands. Mm -hmm. And if you say, look, if you allow me to come, you don't, you know, most of the time, you know, you'll have to do it without pay, but it gives you an opportunity to get great hands-on experience. Cause mm-hmm. I have to tell you, that's the best way for most of us to learn. And that's how I learned 12 years ago, wow. you know, or 15 years ago when Bill said, Sherry, I want you to start doing our events. He had an event planner teach me how to do it. And I was learning as I was doing it. And it, it was a great way for me to learn and make it my own. Because if you, you know, of course you could go to school and learn all of this stuff, but it's like, real world experience is the absolute best way to learn the best because things happen very quickly. So you use a lot of the techniques that you teach your customers. So you've been to be an event planner, you have to do almost the same thing. You got to network, you got to, you know, learn and and understand, you know, what market you're going to go into. And then of course, getting all of that information in place before you decide to, you know, hone in on a certain market. You really do because a lot of what happens with me is clients will come to me and most of them, it doesn't matter how long they've been in business or how many events they've attended, they don't know what they don't know. Mm -hmm. So you have to be as an event planner, as experienced in the know, not necessarily the experience of actually doing, but the experience in the know of what they need to know so that you are keeping them from losing so much money, right? That one of the key jobs as an event planner is ROI for your clients. So if you don't know all of the little ins and outs of where their money could just go through the cracks Mm -hmm. and waste it, and they're not getting any value out of it, then at the end of the day, you're either going to have a very dissatisfied client or you're not going to get any referrals. My business for the past eight years has all come from referrals so that's got to tell you something based on on knowing what you need to know to help with that ROI. That makes that makes sense. I mean, you, because events are not cheap. You know, you got to pay for the no. venue, pay for food, you got to pay for all these other things that come into play. And so you want to make sure that it's a successful um, event. So, how, what I mean, what I mean, the lead up, yes, you want to make sure you get your butts, the butts in the seats, like you mentioned, and. and and get everything in place. Do yeah. you have uh, events that are just flops? I mean, just, uh, just one, sometimes you get these the events that man, one or two people showed up and it was just a, a bad situation. Yes. Um, <laughs> I had, I got the event right in my head. I'm not going to say names because it would not be professional of me to do so. But uh, a few years ago, 
uh, I had a client who was extremely well known um, and in the e-commerce e world and uh, he had done events before, but he was doing this slightly different. So his purpose was off, right? Because he wanted to do a different event than he had done before. Mm -hmm. He knew what the outcome was. He knew what he wanted, but the purpose didn't line up with that outcome. So when he did his marketing and tried to get butts and seats, he couldn't grasp the right market to get the butts and seats. So, and he had such an amazing lineup of speakers. I just, I sat in the back of the room with, with tears in my eyes, thinking to myself, I cannot believe the wasted amount of time, money, and effort this person put in to have these awesome speakers on stage talking about great content and the room wasn't even half full. They, at the last last couple of weeks leading up to the event, he was, he was out in the community knocking on business doors, trying to get people to come for free just so he could fill the event because he didn't market it properly because he didn't know what his market should be. Mm -hmm. And so it was just one of those things where he was just zigzagging and every time he zigged, everybody else would zag and he just couldn't match it up. So, you know, it, and if he and I were to continue to have worked together in consulting, I could have helped him try to recoup some of those costs afterwards, mm -hmm. because that's where a lot of people lose a lot of money or leave a lot of money on the table. In other words, because they don't think that they can recoup money after the event and absolutely can, especially if you video record it. Yeah. But yeah, so I have seen... Uh, a handful of events over the years, whether they're mine or not, flop. And it all relates to the fact that if you don't have your purpose written out and understood so that you can get out in front of the right market, it's not going to be successful. It, it, it's all about getting the right people in the room. It doesn't matter if it's 20 or 30 Mm -hmm. As long as they are the right people, then your event is going to be a success. I was going to tell you that if you record it, you can always use it, you know? Um, Absolutely. You, you talked about, you talked about the, the initial research with regard to pages and social media. And so is that the only type of research that you recommend or do you actually go out and make phone calls? You talk to people on a personal level and just say, Hey, you know, what type of content are you looking for? What is the, and, and, and do you do a sample of this and then do percentages and figure out ways in which, which direction is most effective? I have done that a little bit in the past. So if I have a client, like uh, about three years ago, I had a client in the e a, a different client in the e-commerce world that wanted to have an event three times a year. And she came to me and said, I know I want an event. Here's my outcome. You do it all for me. So I had to do the research, vet all the speakers, figure out the proper content and do that research with the client. I'm like, okay, that's great. I want that for you. I actually love doing that for clients because mm -hmm. I know how it's supposed to look or how it should look. Yeah. So having the ability to do it was awesome. But I also need to, to dig down deep with the client. So if someone who's listening to this is trying to help someone else out and they say to you, look, I don't know what I don't know. I need you to help. They have to help you help them. So you you really need, again, it all goes back to that purpose. So yes, doing the research is absolutely something that I have done in the past is I will research and find out who is the best of the best, what type of content is best suited for that target market and what they're looking for. And also what is the, I guess, not just one topic, but multiple topics, because mm -hmm. here's what happens. You know, you want a particular speak, a handful of speakers, but believe it or not, almost every professional speaker 
um, I'm not every single one, but almost all professional speakers out there or people who have been speaking for a while, they might not be considered professional, usually have at least two different topics that they can speak of because they're an expert on. Mm -hmm. So always look and outline what their particular topics and expertise they could speak on so that you can flow that event agenda much better. So when you're doing this research, make sure you ask those questions of, I see you're an expert in this, but what are the different topics that you can talk about? Mm -hmm. So don't like half it when you go in and do the research, thoroughly ask questions so that you're not having to go back again and ask the same questions over or lose an opportunity to work with someone. So yes, I've done that in the past. Um, And then the other part of that is, is when you are doing the research, make sure you have the end result in mind because you don't want to be wasting your time in researching the wrong information. And what I mean by that is, is if you want these people to be able to walk out of this event, knowing the information they need to implement in their own business, make sure that you are getting content and speakers who can speak of that type of implementation from stage, Mm -hmm. not just someone who's going to motivate them. Motivation yeah. is great. Yeah. We all need that. Yeah. But Anthony we need content to implement. <laughs> <laughs> no, that makes perfect sense. Uh, one of the last things I want to talk about is that once you know you've done the research, you have the event. Now, how am I monetizing this? I mean, how are you making money? Yeah. You're you're you know, you're you're getting the word out there, your brand is out there, but it's not making you any money. How do you get that that revenue? There's so many different ways that you can get your revenue. Um, I'm going to actually answer this in in an odd way at first, and then I'll get into the meat and potatoes of it. Don't look at ticket sales as your revenue. A lot of people will go to a really fun, big, successful event and remember how much they've paid. And they look at how many people are in the room and they're like, oh man, this this promoter's making out big time. Well, they don't realize all the behind the scenes that has to be paid for in order to put that big event on. So your ticket sales are meant to cover or help cover. Sometimes they don't always cover it fully, but to help cover your event costs. So get that out of your mind. Mm -hmm. The revenue can come from multiple ways. First off, it will come from what you can offer from stage and not or, but and the back of the room. And the difference between the two is the back of the room sales are things that you don't necessarily have to talk about from stage. It's products or services that you already offer that don't need to be talked about necessarily from stage. It doesn't matter if the people in the room haven't heard of it before, but that's not what your focus should be on. Your focus should be on a service or product that is tied to the content that you are teaching them from stage, not on the products in the back of the room. So there's two different ways of of growing revenue. Make sure if you're going to have products and services in the back of the room that you have people on your team back there to talk to people about what these products and services are. Can't just leave them back there and just hope that someone's going to pick one up and want to buy it. You have to have people there to explain it. So those are two ways. The other way is to really pay attention to the room. Here's a secret golden nugget. If you are someone who is trying to really uh, worry about your pennies of what you're spending on services at the event, meaning that you don't want to have someone who's going to handle the logistics of the event. You think your staff yourself can handle it because it's your first event. And you're like, I want to make sure I I spend my money wisely. Mm -hmm. You're not going to have someone there to not only watch your back, 
but you're not going to have someone there who can watch the audience. Here's what I mean by that. Let's say you're on stage throughout the day and you're talking and teaching before you get to the opportunity to sell something for them to invest in. If you don't have someone there on your team watching the reaction in the room so that you could see if there's people in there that aren't interested, but they are. And here's what I mean by that. You may be offering a service that they're not right, quite ready for yet, but they still want to buy you. Mm-hmm. They just don't have either enough in their budget to pay what you want to sell them right now, or they're not quite at that level, but they still love you and they still want a part of what you have to offer. If you've got someone watching that, that's an additional revenue stream that you can introduce before the event is over. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, you huddle up as a team and that person observing is going to say, hey, to you, hey, look, I noticed you had interest They didn't get up and buy in the back of the room after your offer, but that doesn't mean they don't want to buy. So maybe you should make a soft offer Mm -hmm. of another level that they may be interested in. Mm -hmm. Don't have to have fancy forms. You don't have a presentation about it. Just take 15, 20 minutes and talk about it and say, look, I noticed some of you in the room didn't really, wasn't really quite ready for what I had to offer yesterday but I still want to help you. So if you have interest, go to the back of the room, meet my staff member and put your information on and I'll be back in touch with you after this event. And we'll talk about it more. It's as simple as that. That's revenue you would have left on the table. Then of course, you've got, like you mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. joint ventures. You can have other speakers sell and take a part of their profit. Um, And of course, sponsors. And sponsors aren't just people in the back of the room at the table. Sponsors could be other areas of your event that help cover your cost. They could sponsor your lanyards. They could sponsor your registration bags. They can mm-hmm. sponsor your pens. All of these things that cost you money could be covered. And any of the amount of money that you save is revenue. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. You know, I mean, I, that's that's the approach that uh, a lot of these event planners and uh, people who p- promote these events uh, go is the sponsorship and to, you know, to cut their, cut the cost of, of the, uh, the event. Exactly. So yeah, a lot of times we would like to close with some words of wisdom or, you know, some philosophy that you live by. Do you, do you have any of those that you want to pass on? Sure. Um, the words that I love to live by, um, is put God first. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm a Christian business owner and I I always put God first in what I do. What does that mean? If you're not a Christian, that means have a serving heart and a serving attitude. So, and it also take another step further means being authentic. So if you're being authentic and what your business and what your industry is all about and that you're there to help them. Mm-hmm. then it's going to come back to you in tenfolds. And not only is it going to come back to you in tenfolds as far as revenue and opportunities, but it's going to make you feel better about what you're doing because it's going to actually bring you affirmation that what you're doing matters and what you're offering people want. So I think that is kind of what I would say in regards to the philosophy that I live by. So how can our listeners contact you? They can uh, go to my website at sleseventplanning.com and uh, click for a free report on seven costly mistakes that you may make when planning your own events. Uh, It's actually a bonus edition that I've updated with a lot more information in there. 
um, and they can find that to be very useful for themselves right now, um, or they can reach out to me via email at sherry at sleseventplanning.com. There you go, guys. Sherry Sokoloski, it was a pleasure having you on the show today. You're an inspiration to me and our listeners, and I'm so, so happy to have had you on the show today. Thank you so much. It's been fun. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, There you go, guys. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe and log on to the creativeentrepreneur.net for more information. And everything is going to be in the show notes. So take care. And until next week, keep on keeping on. Thank you for listening to The Creative Entrepreneur. Please click the show notes for additional information. Want to know more? Click on the subscribe button and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by visiting us at tcepodcast.net.